just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the Intrepid Now Network. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Up for a treat today, got a really interesting conversation with a mover and shaker here in the Atlanta tech scene. So really looking forward to it. Uh, say hello to my guest. His name is Faraz Zuberi. He is the founder and CEO of Treehouse Holdings, the founder and CEO of ExamMed. We're going to talk about both. Faraz, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Now, it's my pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thanks for carving out some time. Uh, you and I are going to hang together a bit in Chicago next week at HIMSS 15. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Looking forward to that trip. Before we get into our conversation around Treehouse and ExamMed, take a few quick seconds and inform the audience a bit about you and your background. Wow, it's a little all over the place. I guess entrepreneurship is one of those things when you find a complex problem, you try to create a simple solution. And from an educational background or professional background, it's a little bit how I've carved my life. Started with a degree in physiology and neurobiology from the University of Maryland. Took that not wanting to go to med school, but wanting to go to in the legal field to another degree in government and politics, which led to working on Capitol Hill, where I did health and foreign policy for some time. That led to getting involved in the corporate legal environment with one of the top law firms in the country for many, many years on a global level. And then that led to not wanting to go to law school anymore and starting my first company. Mm-hmm. And so I've been in entrepreneurship now for probably the last 14 years. Isn't that the mindset of an entrepreneur is just, I'm solving a problem that the community has? I mean, that's really all it's about, right? I mean, it's it's about, not about an exit. It should be about helping serving people and helping and solving a problem. Yeah, success is always defined to me by making meaning. And it's about the impact. And if you can do that, then you're going to achieve many positive results. And certainly, you know, as a business owner, as a entrepreneur, financial results are important, but they're not paramount to what we're trying to do. It's all about the impact and the meaning. Going to have to talk about or think about this idea of making meaning. I like it. All right. Well, Treehouse Holdings, give us the 10,000 foot view. What do you do? How do you serve your market? Yeah, Treehouse is a holdings company based here in Atlanta. And we really do a few things. One is we incubate many of our own technologies, uh, namely in the healthcare space right now, and as well as the social arena entertainment uh, legal industry as well, really looking at some unique verticals. We also get involved with many early stage companies and entrepreneurs that have an idea, but are not necessarily sure how to take that idea to, fr- to fruition. And so really infusing ourselves as human capital along with financial capital and helping them grow and take those companies to heights that they didn't think were possible. You ask 10 people what the definition of incubate is, you get 10 different definitions. So when you say we help startups incubate, what do you actually mean by that? Meaning taking their idea from a seed, just the thought, catalyzing it. So it's not all, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk that it's going to become this great billion dollar idea, but nonetheless, uh, catalyzing it to set up a business, grow a business, establish a business, and then ultimately take that to where they want to take it. You said uh, we help not only with uh, finance, but also human capital. Mm -hmm. I worry that too many startup founders are too focused on the finance, on the actual capital, and don't put as much energy and love and passion into developing the human capital. Do you agree with that? How do you help guide them that way? Yeah, that's one of the biggest things that we see is that everyone wants to raise half a million, million, you know, X amount of dollars. But that's great. If you can't execute on that, it's really a futile effort, right? And it's sort of a moot point. And so really our goal is to say, what do you need from a grassroots level 
capital-wise, meaning people, to create a culture to invest in your business and grow that to be able to execute on those initiatives. You mentioned that you not only do you incubate some of your own startups and own companies, uh, but I imagine you serve others. Uh, what's the balance? How do you decide uh, uh, when to take on a new project? Uh, how do you spend your time, your projects versus someone else's project? Sure. I mean, the center is back into our core value of making meaning. An idea to us to get involved with can't just be another copycat type of a site. It has to be disruptive. It has to be able to have a long-standing impact and it has to be able to drive change or make change or influence change. And if we come across special individuals that are very unique or have interesting ideas, then we like to see where can we bring in a group of of advisors and others into that mix uh, from an established standpoint and and just grow that to new levels. We're going to talk a little bit more 10,000 foot view of the overall Atlanta tech scene in the second half of the show. So we'll, I'll save some of the questions I have about that for that bit. But how do you start a project? Do people come to you and pitch or do you keep your eyes on the horizon when you identify something that looks interesting where you can make some meaning? Do you approach them or is it some combination there? Yeah, I mean, it's a combination of both. I think for projects that Treehouse starts on its own, we've really defined what is a hot market or a vertical and healthcare being one of the biggest ones right now. And really for a business to succeed, again, it centers on what are the needs that you're addressing problems that you're solving. And so we do a lot of analysis and figuring out where are the gaps and then how can we create technologies to solve those gaps? And then much the same way works for projects where we get involved with other individuals. What types of problems are they looking to solve? And it's a very much strong value creation model. And it has to fit that litmus test for us. I believe I heard you said maybe your principal focus is on healthcare tech. How much of your work is in portfolio is in healthcare versus other areas? Right now, the core focus is in healthcare. It's something that we're heavily investing in. We're very excited about where the marketplace is going in healthcare. Our portfolio is still evenly balanced, though we are looking to sort of increase that more of a healthcare line. Cool. Well, let's talk about one of those healthcare companies, ExamMed. So give us the 10,000 foot view of ExamMed. What do you do? How are you serving that market? The goal with ExamMed was to empower. If I had to sum it up in one word, is to empower a sort of all stakeholders from a patient level, from a provider level, from an institutional level. The market is shifting. I think there's a big paradigm shift in how healthcare is being presented to individuals for more of a reactive model, meaning I'm sick, I go to the doctor, I get a treatment plan, to more of a proactive model where providers are looking at at wellness prevention. I mean, as you and I will see at Hims next week, there's going to be a lot of buzz around, you know, wellness and treatment and prevention and things of that sort. And really, Examid was set up with a model to be this universal healthcare platform that allows for patients to see and interact with their own trusted team of providers effectively anywhere, anytime. And then for providers and institutions to increase their capacity without necessarily increasing their hours and also increasing their bottom line revenues. So we're very excited about it. Well, I would agree with you in saying that the, the general consumer in the healthcare marketplace is anything but empowered. Now, there's new technology out there such as Xamed that's going to start changing them. But I think what I heard you saying, and I agree with you, and it's really exciting, is that we're kind of going from a fee-for-service mentality to a fee-for-value. Absolutely. And so I would love for you to speak on why that matters and, and what impact that's going to have. And that's not going to happen tomorrow. That's going to be generational, mm -hmm. that kind of. But talk about why that's so critical to the future of healthcare. I mean, it touches on that proactive part, right? Fee-for-value is one of those things where with the presence now of these accountable care organizations, ACOs and others, you have providers that are realizing that if we collaborate, there's a lot more that we can do for the population health as a whole. And when you start to look at on a societal level and a global level population health management, what are the mediums that you're using to get to that end goal, if that's the end goal? And a solution like ExamMed sort of enables individuals to, to really do two things, improve efficiency, which is really a function of speed, 
How fast do I have access to a health record, to a provider, so on and so forth? And then the effectiveness of it, which is that collaborative piece. What am I doing with a patient's health record when I have it? Meaning if I went to a specialist and an individual was previously hospitalized for something or was on a certain medication, right now the industry is so fragmented and so siloed that there isn't visibility into what's going on. A solution like ExamMed and just technology, I think in general where it's going, enables now for enhanced communication for visibility, which ultimately tries to ensure the likelihood of a much better outcome. What does that mean to patient care when the patient has that communication, has awareness, and is empowered to really understand? I, I just, when someone buys a television now, they shop around, it's a very careful decision, and they research, and they study, and they go online and pull down all this information, and they don't do that for their health care, <laughs> because I don't think they've ever really been able to or knew that they were empowered to do that. I mean, is that part of what we're talking about here? Yeah, and that's much of what this paradigm shift is about, right? right? I mean, if I went to the store to buy a blender, it's, it's the same thing. I'm going to research what all they are. Well, why are we not doing that to our healthcare providers yeah. for the betterment of our health? And so the goal is to have visibility into what providers are out there, what types of services are they offering? I mean, just down the street from where we are today at St. Joseph's and Northside, there's providers that are a very forward thinking, very progressive with their practices from specialty to primary care that are looking at very, very unique ways to sort of interact and better their patients. So, but this makes the provider better too, right? Because then they not only are, will have to be more on top of their game, but they will provide better care for the patient. And after all, isn't that what this is all about? Yeah, I mean, it's creating a win-win for all stakeholders involved. For the patient, you have better access, more improved access to your trusted providers. And that's a big thing of what ExamMed does. It's not giving you access to just a provider. It's giving you expanded access to your own provider. And from the providers, it's sort of allowing them to create and manage better clinical workflow, a more established business process that ultimately leads to a win-win for them. And for hospitals and, and sort of institutions, it's a great win because now, regardless of all the technical systems that we're deploying, we're able to see and interact with individuals and providers in a very centralized way. We're, we're seeing a reduction in the readmission rates. Transfer of care is a lot better. And so you're really improving the care continuum. So when you go to a fee-for-value model, you know, sort of improving that care continuum is a big part of it. And so those quality measures are inherently there. Talk about the technology itself and the implementation of it. There's probably not a, a more stressed and financially strapped community than an IT department than a provider or hospital. Talk about the implementation of your solution. Sure. I mean, I, I think at the basic level, people can do one of two things with technology. They can either invest in it or they can expend it. And what we've seen too often and what I've seen throughout my career over the last 15 years is too often people are expending in technology and providers from the most basic level, you know, individual provider, solo practitioner, a couple of doctors in a group see this as well, where they've invested in their EHR systems and a billing management system and a scheduling system. And those are separate systems. And there's a lot of cost for that. Our whole model is to come into them and show them, here's how you're going to make money day one dollar one. So this is not about, a, you know, save time and the save money sort of effort. This is here's how you're going to generate more revenue while improving the outcomes and the wellness of your own patient panels. The adoption is very easy. Examit is a web-based system that's got a mobile element to it. You don't need to download anything. You can use it off your smartphones, your tablets, or any Wi-Fi camera-enabled device. All right. Well, we uh, one last question before the break. Uh, we talked about going to Hims next week. Uh, yeah. What do you anticipate seeing there? Any, any goals and objectives of, of attending that show? I think the goal and the objective for us on a personal and professional level is to always get a pulse of where healthcare mm -hmm. is going. And Hims is a very strong way of kind of seeing what's new. It'll be interesting to see how the market has changed from a year from now. Companies that were at Hims last year, where are they today? What's the innovation that's coming coming up? So it, it just allows us to kind of look at and see where the market is. How do we fit into the market? Where do we best fit? 
into the market. What we've seen uniquely enough from last year to now is that Examit is really in this unique niche where, where we're able to combine many different things into a single a sort of standardized solution. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun to see what's going on. I can predict what I'll be doing. I'll be having 50 conversations that will probably talk about big data and predictive analytics and EHRs well, and ICD-10 yeah. and meaningful use. Yeah, I mean, I'll trade you because I think a lot of the conversation <laughs> will also be on in- interoperability, but I'll be having hundreds of conversations saying the same thing. So it's yeah. going to be a little Groundhog Day. I understand that. All right. Faraz Zuberi will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Miles Finch Innovation, LLC, a creative consultancy that is passionate about ideas, imagination, and facilitating a culture of innovation. Miles Finch Innovation helps companies navigate the messy territory of corporate innovation. They're strategic thinking partners who can help you get unstuck and identify creative solutions to your toughest challenges. They also love to train and speak on the subject of creative leadership. Learn more about how they can help you at milesfinchinnovation.com. Miles Finch Innovation. Idea-centric. Strategically driven. Humanly conscious. All right, we're back with Faraz Zuberi, founder and CEO of both Treehouse Holdings and ExamMed. Faraz, so let's shift our conversation now more generally to the Atlanta tech scene. A lot of places you could be and headquarter yourself. Why here? It's a great market. I've spent a lot of time professionally in Austin, San Francisco, New York City, Chicago, uh, Washington, D.C., and many other areas. And what has drawn us to Atlanta and starting Treehouse in Atlanta and really investing in Atlanta is the opportunity. There's a lot of innovation that's taking place here in Atlanta. It's a great market from what used to be a very strong mobile space to what is now leading into just general technology development. We're excited to be you know, working with folks from Emory to Georgia Tech to ATV and others. And it's just been a great scene to kind of get a pulse of. People are also looking at it in a very different way. You know, I mean, I think there's a nice cliche, go think outside the box. And mm-hmm. I think inherently, if you think outside the box. You've already put a parameter that there is a box. And what we've seen in Atlanta, I mean, at least with individuals that we meet and network and sort of get pitched uh, from, is that there isn't a box. These guys are looking at things on a much broader global level. And so we're very excited to kind of be tapped in here and connected here and see what we can do. Well, I'm very fortunate that I get to report on and engage in conversation with a lot of these startups with the radio work that we do here. And I agree with you. There is some really amazing minds and some amazing companies doing some amazing work. It's really, really exciting. And I feel I'm trying not to be biased here because of where we are recording. I do feel that the scene here is becoming a top tech scene across the country, probably even the world. But there's also a very traditional business community here. A lot of very well-recognized Fortune 500 companies. How can that that scene, what can they do more to support and help this thriving tech scene? It's a very great question, and it's something that I've seen quite a bit. From my legal technology days, we were working with and representing many, many Fortune 500 companies who are here also in Atlanta. And what we've seen is that these companies, to stay relevant, are now innovating and looking at things from very defined structures to more lean, more agile type of methodologies, which is a very entrepreneurship medium, right? You have the biggest Fortune 500 companies in the world based here that are looking to create a minimal viable product as fast as they can to get it to market and then listen to the needs of their customer and adapt. And they're realizing that if we don't do that, then many of these smaller companies will take our market share. So it's a great opportunity for smaller companies to start incubating and creating new technologies. There will be consolidation, there will be growth, but it's sort of this old school meets new school type mentality. But the old school is learning that 
we've got to get fresh. We've got to innovate. We've got to stay agile to stay relevant. And businesses and consumers and customers are looking at that as well. So whether you're a, a business to consumer model or a business to business model, you've got to be able to stay relevant, would argue that you've got to be able to stay lean, stay agile, and sort of really listen to and adapt to the needs of your customers. I worry that your typical tech startup is just trying to position themselves to be acquired by Facebook for a billion dollars. Are the local startups here thinking about positioning themselves so they can be acquired by a large company here and help solve a problem for them? I and mean, is that a very real thing or should it be or shouldn't it be? Well, I mean, anytime you go to an investor meeting outside of, I mean, I think there's three questions that everyone always asks, right? What is your competition? What is the barrier of entry? And what is your exit strategy? And certainly everyone's exit strategies, I'd love to get acquired by a Facebook or Google for a billion dollars. The likelihood of that happening, as we know, is very, very low just because of the volume of new businesses that enter into the market. And I think for people to really succeed, it goes back to the definition of what success was, where if you focus on making the meaning, then you're going to realize results inherently through a process. Whereas if you're focused on an end game, you might lose sight of the execution aspect of that. And so where we try to get in both from an advisory standpoint, an investment standpoint, as well as a mentorship standpoint, we've done it time and time again. So it's also time for us to kind of pay it forward a little bit is talking to new entrepreneurs and saying, what are you really trying to achieve? Outline your goals and whatever you do, be great at it. You know, define your actions, define your values, and then go execute. And if you do that, I think that you're bound for many special results. I agree with you. Now, I know this. It's why I invented the Intrepid Healthcare radio show, but the health tech scene Mm -hmm. is thriving in Atlanta. Why? I think Atlanta is this unique city that's almost a hub of many parts of the world. And you get the opportunity to interact and engage with different people in different ways, established companies, newer companies, individuals of different walks and ways of life. And through that, healthcare is the one thing that impacts every single human on the planet. There's nothing else that impacts every single person except for healthcare. And if you have the opportunity to leverage transportation and logistics and many of the other things that Atlanta provides and create solutions that solve many of these problems, I think your distribution of that becomes much, much stronger and more widespread. So a similar question to what I asked you earlier, uh, the traditional healthcare scene, how can that community embrace the innovative healthcare startups here? Well, I think it's going to have to, or they run the risk of sort of losing out. You know, it's what we talked about from a disruption standpoint. What you're seeing here is that people in Atlanta, at least from the startup community that we've seen, and the established community that's constantly innovating, they have no fear. And it's really about looking at what are the gaps? What are the silos in an industry like healthcare? Here's a solution that we're creating either to connect, you know, social media to healthcare, to connect health records, to connect the accessibility of providers. And you're seeing different solutions kind of come into each of these. And that's one of the things that catalyzed Examit is really looking at all sort of a lot of the gaps and the silos in healthcare and just refusing to accept that healthcare should be this way. Why can't we make a change? And we will make a change and we have made a change. And I'm excited to see how we can collaborate strategically and otherwise with sort of other like-minded folks here in Atlanta within the business community and really grow. With things like ICD-10, that conversion and meaningful use, there's been some attempt to kind of push the healthcare industry into the modern world. What's your take? I'm optimistic that they're beginning to embrace all this amazing technology and the things that it can do. I mean, is that your read too? Yeah, the adoption has been There's great. a lot of work to do, but yeah. I think we're making progress. I mean, it's been great to see the adoption just from a year ago to now the acceptance of things like remote care and virtual care and interoperability and ICD-10 have come leaps and bounds from where they were across all levels, from certainly the provider levels, the regulatory levels, down to the patient level, right? 
ICD-10, I think, still has some challenges for embracement. Everyone talks about interoperability, but I think absent there being a true definition of what you're trying to achieve and there being buy-in from all sort of levels of stakeholders, it's going to be a hard thing to implement on a whole. But I think you are seeing technologies like Examine and others really look to see how can we almost force many of those conversations to take place or at least create a medium for the immediate need that that sort of touches on that. Yeah, yeah. Final question, and on the, back to the Atlanta tech scene, uh, I get differing opinions on this. I'm curious as to where you are. There are many who say that if you're a startup and you're looking for funding, you're looking for access to capital, land is not the place to be. You should be thinking of Silicon Valley or New York or San Francisco. I mean, uh, what's your take on that? And I also have others that say, no, it's beginning to be a good place to come to attract funding. What's your take? I think there's plenty of funding for the right opportunity. Mm. And I say that with the caveat that individuals that are starting a business and seeking funding really need to take a step back and look at and understand what type of funding do I need? Do I need angel investment? Am I looking for more institutional investment? Certainly institutional dollars come hard and much harder and with more to give up than sort of angel uh, sort of investment comes into play. You know, Georgia has the angel tax credit that is very attractive and very lucrative to individuals here. You know, take advantage of things Mm -hmm. like that. And that's part of what we try to do at Treehouse as well as sort of educate and mentor individuals that there is a different way of looking at it. It's not like I want to raise a million dollars, go sell it to Facebook for a billion dollars and I'll give up X percentage of my company because I can get a VC fund involved. You can achieve the same results in a more strategic way by looking at individuals that are aligned with what your business objective is and go get strategic investors. They'll help open doors for you. They'll help guide you. They'll look at pitfalls for you and they'll fund you. And so it's a great way to really grow. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, Faraz, I hate to say it, but we're about out of time. Uh, Plenty more we could talk about. Probably have to have you back on the show and we'll keep diving into some of these interesting subjects. Before I do let you go, however... Where can people go to get more information on both Treehouse and ExamMed? Uh, ExamMed, just go to www.exammed, that's with two M's, uh, .com, and Treehouse, www.treehouseholdings.com. Faraz Zuberi, founder and CEO of both ExamMed and Treehouse Holdings. Faraz, real pleasure. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Thanks for having me this morning. It was great. And we'll look forward to seeing you in Chicago. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps this broadcast. Again, on behalf of my guest, Faraz Zuberi, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on the Intrepid Now Radio Network. <laughs>